Welcome to The She Births Show, a place to inspire your birth, evolve your parenting and help you live a life you love. I'm Nadine Richardson, your host and creator of the scientifically verified birth education program, She Births. I'm also a mother, yoga teacher, doula, author and speaker. At She Births, we have supported thousands of families around the world for over 13 years with our unique program. And our vision is to make birth better for every family around the world so that everyone experiences a beautiful birth no matter what unfolds. Not only do we help people have beautiful births, but we also give them the skills and the philosophy to enjoy pregnancy and make parenting easier. As well as our world-class birth ed, taken either face-to-face or online in our app, we also have a free pregnancy guide designed to help you feel calm, connected and inspired as you and your baby grow. We have a doula matching service, the perfect way to ensure you and your partner are completely supported throughout the whole journey. And we have our soul mama circles, which are the perfect postpartum network to help optimize your mindset and design your life in parenthood. Remember, if you like what you hear today, subscribe, share with a friend and leave us a review. If you're a parent about to be one, fellow health professional, join us now for an inspirational deep dive into topics with experts around the globe. We hope you enjoy this special episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of The She Births Show. Today I have a dear friend and fellow doula, Jerusha Sutton, on the show. Jerusha has been a birth worker for 17 years as a birth and postnatal doula in Australia and the UK. And she is an international award-winning birth photographer and videographer. Together we're talking about her film that has won 24 International Film Festival Awards that she made in collaboration with midwife Jo Hunter, who you can hear on other podcasts with on the She Birth Show, Zoe Naylor and Selena Scoble. We discuss the changes that birth time is making both culturally and politically to our conversations about birth experiences and now birth trauma. I believe it has sparked a fire that I'm incredibly happy to say is now blazing. I'm sure a lot of you have seen birth time and been very moved by it and also had multiple questions arise about your own experiences of giving birth inside the system and the care or lack of care you may have received. Today, we dive into the core message of the film, which revolves around the question, what would it take for all women to come out of their birth not only safe, but emotionally well? On the back of the birth time film, a study at Western Sydney University was launched, the same place that did the she-birth study. And over nine months, they collected over 8,000 submissions about women's experiences of giving birth in Australia in the last five years. You might know this as the best study. You can stay up to date with the study via a Facebook link in our notes. 
Now, what was found was heartbreaking and has subsequently changed legalese already and initiated a New South Wales parliamentary inquiry. And if you are in New South Wales, I encourage you to submit any traumatic experience you have had to the inquiry. The link is in our notes. Also, if you are a birth worker and have witnessed anything traumatic in New South Wales, you are also invited to submit, but you have to do it before the 11th of August. Now, birth trauma is defined as inappropriate, disrespectful or abusive treatment before, during and after birth. We expand on these definitions in our podcast today. Now, the best study showed that 30% of women experience some form of birth trauma in Australia. This has numerous long-term effects for women and their relationships and for partners too. And of course, our babies. And shockingly, one in 10 women experience obstetric violence. We go into more detail around what obstetric violence actually is. So please note it is not specifically referring to an obstetrician, but includes all birth workers in the obstetrics area field. And violence is not just actions, but words too. And what is commonly experienced in the system, which is coercive language and a lack of informed consent. So within the 30% of women who experience birth trauma, 70% say that it was due to the way they were cared for or spoken to. 58% of women felt dehumanised, 26% of women felt violated, and 16% of women felt powerless. Now, none of this is okay. I'm sure you agree. So how do we fix it? Well, tune in to our chat today to discover the most evidence-based solutions. Jerusha and I will discuss what birth trauma is, how we can reduce it, what is true continuity of care, the importance of Indigenous birthing on country, the healing power of birth in our lineages, Jerusha's best experience while interviewing the experts for her film, and I even share my experience of remembering Leroy's birth at his recent 21st birthday party. I hope you enjoy today's conversation and I encourage you to stay abreast of the research and the parliamentary inquiry via the links below. Jerusha, welcome to the She Births show. Hello, beautiful Nadine. So (laughs) nice to be here. It's so cool that you're on that you're in the area. I'm so yeah. excited to be talking to you. Back on the Northern Rivers. Yeah, yeah. And I had no idea you were born up here at Merwilla mm. Bar. And, I was. And it's a pretty special place for me. It's a bit of a homecoming to be living back here close to my family. It's pretty lovely. Yeah. What's the difference for you in living nearby family? How does that change things for you? One of the biggest factors in moving back was being was was having my children close to their grandparents and having that day-to-day coming and going relationship with them, which is markedly different to seeing them once every four or six months for an intense period where you're all living together and 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 no one really gets to know each other on a really base level, you know, where there's no pressure. And so that has been 
super beautiful. My kids go over and bake cookies with my mum and go fishing with my dad and just do all that day-to-day stuff. It's so lovely. It's beautiful for me to be near them as well. I mean, I moved away when I was 16 and haven't lived near them since then, so it's it's a big one for me as well. But, yeah, it's pretty beautiful. And, you know, doing the school run each day through the cane fields, looking at Wollombin, crossing the river, I just often, I so often think back to sitting in Sydney traffic and... Uh, journeys taking about the same amount of time for about yeah three times less the distance. Yeah, that's right. I love what you said. Sorry to just jump straight in. Like that just was what was present in my heart. Like how much nourishment comes from that day-to-day connection with family, with intergenerational connections. And it just makes me think about how I prioritized Leroy overwork um and that was such a big thing for me was to always take him to school and always pick him up of course there was like one every quarter that I didn't but that side by side rhythmic connection and rituals of living seems to me where so much of the magic um and understanding happens um Mm. And it's it's beautiful for our children to be held in that. I think it's a real gift. Yeah, that's this phase of life, isn't it, of just dedicating ourselves to that and the importance of that day-to-day. Yeah. It's really super basic but beautiful rhythms and patterns. Yeah, that's right. And on the surface it can seem very mundane and not very exciting, but you are creating the future. You know, yeah, you got to draw out and look at the big picture. Yeah, look at you know. I think about you know you and you know that 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 happens when you've got your you know your children have taken off and mm. must look back at this time and just so glad I did it. So oh. glad, I did it. yeah, so glad I did it the way I did it. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm going to start crying already because <laughs> <laughs> because we had Leroy's 21st birthday. Oh. Um, yeah, oh. this will this will be the segue. Here we go, people. Because <laughs> I haven't, I've like drafted a post, but I haven't been able to post it because I'm not ready for like the acknowledgement maybe from public because it it was such a raw experience. So we were down in Sydney and we decided to have it at my mum's house in Leichhardt, which is a tiny, wee, narrow place. But Lyra was like, I don't want to party, but you can have people for drinks, okay? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, okay, well, can I invite this person and that? But no, if no, you can't. I'm like, okay, just just 30 people, no more. And I'm like, okay. So there were all these like limitations, you know, and we got to it. And in the end, and I was like, oh, my last request was, can so-and-so sing a song? Like she's got like a an album and she's like signed with like a big country music album thing, record label. And he's like, no, if anyone sings an effing song, I'm not coming to the party. (laughs) And I'm like, Leroy's a singer, you know, and I'm a bit of a singer too and, like, no, not allowed. Anyway, so I opened the the speech by saying, you know, Leroy, I just want to thank you for letting me have this party. (laughs) (laughs) It's for you. It's for you, but thank you for letting me have it. And then in the preparation for the photos, 
and some giving some kind of zoomed out perspective on parenthood at this point. Um, and I could talk a lot more about it. And I actually want to do a podcast with Leroy. He's agreed, but he never seems to have the time. Mm. Um, one thing that was incredibly important was, of course, the way he was born and and how he was born and who was in the room when he was born. And, of course, this is the foundation of my work. And this is, you know, how I opened my my book, the way I was born and the way Leroy was born, like, it, this is the micro of the macro. Like this is who we are in a nutshell. That's right. And it was there, the moment, who Leroy is and who I'd been to that point. And I know and I've said it before and maybe people haven't heard it, but if I hadn't had my own midwife, there is no doubt in my mind, even in the birth centre system, I would have had a cesarean, emergency cesarean. She brought such a container of safety and then when I had completely given up and I was on my knees at my most humble, she's like, no, you are not having a cesarean. You are going into hospital You've worked way too hard. You're going to have an epidural and you are going to push this baby out. Yeah. And this is, you know, thank God for the epidural for sure because we do everything we can at the time with the knowledge that we have, with the level of consciousness that we're at and the dynamics that we've got and the karma and the history and all that shit. And you and I know as a doula, birth is a mystery. You can never tell Anyone, you meet them pregnant, you could never guess how they're going to give birth. You still, birth always surprises us. But anyway, I know that if I didn't have Hillary Hunter by my side, it would have been a very different journey and one that wasn't empowering and wasn't as safe. And certainly there was processing to be done and it felt like trauma initially, but really it was just the humbling effects of birth and the shock of it. It yes. felt like trauma, but then after time, it wasn't trauma because I had love there and support and an advocate. That is the key. So this is what you've devoted your life to as well as doula, but this is what you've also then gone hard in devotion land. Yeah. And for the last five years, you've been making a film called Birth Time, which is extremely popular. People love it. And it's changing people's understanding of how birth should unfold and who should be there, how we should be treated. I hope so. Yes, it is. (laughs) People love it. It's like opening people's minds. Good. Yeah. So tell me, like, how did you get to this place? Like, where did you go? Hey, let's just spend five years of our life completely unpaid making a film (laughs) and travel all around Australia. And we have known. Look, it started uh, a very long time ago. I mean, Joe Hunter, uh, privately practicing midwife, many people know her, of her, based in Sydney. And I worked very closely for a long time. She's a home birth midwife. I'm a doula and a birth photographer and videographer and it just developed that we had so many clients together and so we were attending births together all the time. We became very good friends. 
Uh, many years back, Joe hosted the Australian peri- uh, premiere of The Business of Being Born, which is the Ricky Lake. Love that film Abby as well. Epstein film, yeah. uh, which has just turned 15 years old. So that's yeah. how long ago she hosted the Australian premiere of that. And, it, look, it went down really well, but. I was it, there. I were you there? There we I go. There. Whoa, there was a few boos at the end, wasn't there? It was pretty intense. So people, and people come off the back of it saying, well, that's the American system. No, it's not. That doesn't apply to us. And Joe's going, yes, it does. We're not, we're so not far away from that. Anyway, so that little, that was before I knew Joe, uh, And so that little seed was planted for her then. And then there's also another beautiful film called The Labour of Love, which was a, an ABC commission, um, which was done in the 80s, made of, three home birth midwives based in the Blue Mountains. Uh, Akal, Maggie, Lecky Thompson, I can't think of the other one at the top of my head, but this beautiful little one-hour doco following three midwives and two of their women each, so following six women through their journeys. It was just gorgeous, so gorgeous, but so dated. All the information and the content in it was beautiful when Joe showed it to me. I'm like, God, this is divine, but it's so 80s. And... She was like, I always thought after the business of being born that we needed an Australian version of that, but maybe we could make Labour of Love too and remake this beautiful home birth film. And so that was our first thought. But we really knew in our hearts that if we made that, we'd make this, we'd put this effort in to make this film and the home birth, you know, devotees would see it and we'd all love it and then that'd be that and no change would happen. So then we were musing, we were meeting with people and between the two of us we were trying to work it out and then it came to a point when one of our joint clients was Zoe Naylor who is an actress and her partner Aaron Jeffrey and Joe was her midwife, I was her videographer and Joe explained to her about the, showed her the business of being born and told her about our idea and she said, <clears throat> I mean, this is us, we're going to do this together and so that was how it came to being. And, and, and Zoe's experience was that she'd had on paper, if you looked at her first birth experience, she had a water birth in a birth centre in hospital. Uh, she'd had continuity with the midwife who wasn't, on, wasn't available that night, had a different midwife for her birth, came out of it feeling completely alone and like what the hell happened to me. Fast forward four years, had a home birth with Joe of her second baby and just was blown away by how she came out of it feeling. And she said, why can't everyone feel like this coming out of their births? So that was the premise. That was the crux. And then we just we just decided to go. So I was, I was pregnant with my first baby at that point. When we first started interviewing, I was 35 weeks pregnant. So we had a four-month-old baby. It didn't make any sense at all for us to do this. <laughs> Love it. Joe had, you know, four women a month to be looking after. There was n- no logic in us doing this, but we just had to. So we called Hannah Darlin and said, we're going to make a documentary. Will you, inter- will you, will you be interviewed for it? And she said yes. And the, and the beautiful thing about that was that the Normal Labour and Birth Conference, which travels the world and is only on every couple of years, was coming to Sydney in three weeks. Joe and I were going to just go to the conference and Hannah was organising it and she said, I'm going to give you access to anyone you want. If you're really going to make a documentary, all of these incredible births. They're all here. Professionals are all here in three weeks' time. If you're going to do this, this is it. And so we just handpicked our way through 
the program. We didn't see any of the conference. We set up in a little room, which is why there's several of the interviews in the film. It was exactly the same spot because we just put the cameras on and we just had these people rolling through. We had our own private audience with them. And so then suddenly, a month after we started filming, we had half a dozen of the most amazing experts from all over the world captured. We were like, okay, this is happening. And this film just evolved on her she just led us we never had a plan we never knew we never had a timeline we didn't have a storyboard we didn't know what the layout of the film was going to be it was like we we now call her madam birth time this goddess that just divinely guided us one step at a time and all we could focus on was the next step and the next step and nothing revealed itself that's how spirit works right this is how spirit works you know, you just get shown the next step and you have to leap with faith and courage and just completely willing. Yeah, we just surrendered to it. Yeah. We didn't at any point try birth. And people wonder why it's called she births. Right. I just watched your explanation and that's beautiful. So yeah, it just it just revealed itself. And so we we followed women, we did experts, we traveled the country, and then we got to a point and we had something like 80 or 100 hours of footage and we went, we better stop actually at some point and do something with this. And that was the most daunting part was going, okay, where does this go? And it was was decided that myself and uh, my beautiful friend Ryan Harrison uh, would tackle the first job of the edit and so we locked ourselves in um, his bachelor pad for about five months oh my and god he had to digest he had to take in all of oh my the god. To start with and then we just got a whiteboard out the two of us and went okay what's the arc of this story and wow. yeah it was a huge huge process and we got it to a point where it was maybe and a couple of hours long And then Joe, Zoe and I came back together. Obviously they were overseeing that whole process, but then we came back together and we nutted it down to the hour 20 and then went into post-production, which is a whole other beast. I mean, that was when we were made to feel like the woman birthing in the system because we were new new to this industry and people saw us as vulnerable. We were women. We'd never done this before. We didn't know anything. And the pariahs came out. Wow. Yeah. And now for a quick break. At SheBirths, we believe that pregnancy, birth and matrescence, the sacred postpartum, is an awesome rite of passage. Our free holistic pregnancy guide offers you six months of weekly support. Drop straight into your inbox or within our free SheBirths app, you can get content that will nourish your body, mind and soul. You can enjoy prenatal yoga videos, great recipes, birth affirmations, course discounts and more. From me and my team, the creator of the world's only scientifically verified antenatal classes, it is our gift to you. Sign up today and receive the free holistic pregnancy guide at shebirths.com forward slash PG. That's shebirths.com forward slash PG. It was huge. And so 
Well, that's the dark energy kind of trying to, you know, in the collective. I'm going to get all woo-woo today because I've literally just come off a quantum call. And you know um, you're with me. With my coach, yeah, yeah, and everyone else is listening. <laughs> you know, that's the dark entities that come in as we get closer and closer to fulfilling the light and the goal. Like, you know, it is the tough shit that we have to face, the fears as well that come up the closer we get to the light and the closer we get to success or fulfillment for sure that's exactly what happened and we really had to pull up our pants and make some very big calls and we pulled out of we pulled out of film deals at the 11th hour really terrifying the fraught phone calls between us going we've got to do are we doing are we really doing this we have to do this this is our moment of claiming back our, ourselves yeah. and holding on to this baby. Sovereignty, yeah. Ours and not handing it over. If we hand it over at this point, we're done. And so it was terrifying but thrilling. You know, it was we. It was a very steep learning curve. So that post-production process was just, it was huge. Um, yeah. But we we also landed in a beautiful post-production house at Spectrum Films to finish the edit. We had incredible, you know, they were, they were editing the new Marvel film in the next suite and here's our little documentary in, next door. Uh, and we I will forever be thankful to Spectrum Films for taking yeah. us in at that point. They really nurtured us. So we had the light and the dark working at the same time. We had distribution issues. We had, but it was it was so it just un, unraveled and unveiled itself and we got there and then of course uh, we were ready we had our date set for oh our God, that's right I forgot COVID that we were just talking about it you and your workshop yep. collapsing we had our date set for release and suddenly Peter Rabbit which was a big film which is coming out cancelled their release uh, James Bond cancelled their release and. We were like, holy, this is really happening, isn't it? We have to cancel the release of our film. And so I think that was maybe nine months that that got delayed. Wow. Uh, but the beauty of that is that during that time, we submitted the film to many, many, uh, Zoe did a beautiful job of submitting to many film festivals in uh, all over the world. <clears throat> And it got accepted into many and we ended up winning something like 24 international film festivals. Wow, amazing. The, the film hadn't been seen anywhere in Australia. It was literally just being shown online for these festivals and we're getting this beautiful feedback from people who aren't in the birth world. And this was yeah. one of the greatest things of that time was that we were getting we were learning that this film translated to people who aren't birthy people. And that was one of our biggest um, goals was to yeah. talk to people who aren't just in the birth world. So that was great. So when we finally got there, you know, our Sydney, our Sydney, our two Sydney premieres, 600 people in each one, we travelled the country and we, it was beautiful. I mean, it, we was in between lockdowns and somehow in these sliding doors kind of moments, we managed to get all the way around the country to every state and have these great Q&As filled with, you know, cinemas filled with beautiful people. It was fantastic. Wow. So amazing. I mm -hmm. love it. The magic of it. 
the challenges of it. Yeah, it was five years of blood, sweat and tears. It was huge, but we are very proud of it and it has uh, it has travelled well. Do you know how many people have seen it or do you have a guesstimate on hundreds that? Of, it's hundreds of thousands. I, mm. I remember asking a while back and it was hundreds of thousands and I don't know where that's gone now. It's still So the film is available to be viewed from our website for a 48-hour hire. You can still also host cinema screenings of it or community screenings. So if you've got a small group, you can host there's different pricing points for, you know, hosting a small group in a town hall or doing a cinema screening or various different things. So it, it's still being shown. We get messages every day from people around the world. Saying Amazing. And it, and it translates to different countries as well, which is the other thing is that, you know, we made it obviously on the on the Australian maternity system, but it does speak to people all over the world. Well, I think it speaks to people all over the world because private practicing midwives are pretty much under attack all over the world. Yes. You know, it's illegal in I don't know how many states yes. in America. Um, France, it's also illegal. Like it's it's madness that people don't have content true continuity of care and access to midwives who are the experts of there birth. Is, there is not an ideal birth. Maternity, maternity system in any country, even the countries that we held up as being quite incredible. Yeah, like the Northern European countries. Like, like the Netherlands, even New Zealand, their systems are under attack and crumbling and suffering. So it's happening everywhere. Yeah, it's interesting, right? It's so interesting. Um, one of the most touching elements for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people, is um the connection with the Indigenous midwives down the South Coast. And we were just, you and I were just at the birth trauma awareness event up here and you showed an amazing, like probably I think the most beautiful birth I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not talking about like the woman and how she looked or she wasn't peaceful and she didn't scream. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a birth that is uh, aligned with a human's culture, person's culture. Yes. And their belonging to the earth. Yes. What was it like being a part or being uh, allowed to come into those Indigenous spaces, the First Nations families that you connected with? It was a real journey for us. The first time we went down to meet those women was fairly confronting probably for everyone. We were three white women walking into a room of Indigenous women who uh, have experienced some hideous things. We were uh, invited in by Mel Briggs and Cherise Buzzacott. We were, you know, absolutely there uh, to tell their story. It, and and by the we spent a few hours with them and by the end of that it was like we'd known each other for a very, very long time. Uh, we we had to gain their trust. Uh, the connection there is that Mel Briggs and Joe Hunter <clears throat> went through their midwifery studies together, so there was a long held trust there. So that that was the beautiful connection that formed that, and it was just so special to then be invited along for the ride of the, their stories and the development of their stories, which is still obviously going on. Uh, 
and and that all had its own crazy journey in terms of the filmmaking as well. We planned our trip to Alice Springs to uh, hopefully go and see some remote communities, and we had a we had a plan, but uh, paperwork ticking boxes, bureaucracy, all kind of things, a lot of things fell through at the last minute and we needed to rewrite our plan, but it ended up being, of course, the right thing. We just decided to really simplify and we went to Alice Springs to hear Sharice tell her story on her land, surrounded by her people and her country. It was just divine. That trip was one of the most... um, crystallizing times for us as a team Mm. Uh, and so following her story and then Mel's story from the south coast as two midwives women with their own experiences their intergenerational stories and how they came together to work together on the birthing on country project and how they were forging ahead at that point to really make a difference for first nations people was just was such a um an honor to witness and to document mm, we hope yeah. some of that will still be continuing yeah they've obviously had a big people may not know but uh Waminda on the south coast have been proposing for a long time to government to build their own birth center and the government has pledged them 22 million dollars now amazing i didn't know that yeah yeah, the government has pledged $22 million for them to build their freestanding birth centre, uh, which will be midwifery-led for First Nations people. It will be the first of its kind in the country. Wow, that's amazing. Big things happening down there. Yeah, and, you know, they've been they've been hauling ass for a long time. They've been working that for yeah. so long and they just yeah. kept... You know, they kept the carrot just for just place. They just worked towards it, towards it, towards it, and they've done it. It's it's going to be beautiful to see that unfold. Amazing, and I mean, and this is what we need more of: yeah, freestanding birth centres with midwifery continuity. And um, I suppose we can talk about that vision of what it looks like to help reduce birth trauma. Um, after there was one other question I had about the film who was the most sort of mind-altering expert that you spoke to like who really shifted because you and I have been doulas for almost the same amount of time and you know I think we don't we actually know a lot about birth it's sort of absorbed into our bodies and psyches but when you get to talk to some of these experts it can it can really just like switch on light bulbs you know that change the way you understand birth and that's what's so great about a good documentary yes. changes perspective who sort of was the big light bulb for you or who did you most enjoy talking to mm, good question so many I tell you what incredibly one of my favorites was someone I'd known for a very long time Andrew Bissett's the beautiful Andrew oh, oh we just love him so much <laughs> right I mean I, it may be that I have worked very closely with him over the years. I've had so many doula clients who get themselves in a pickle about having a breech birth or having different risk factors and they cannot get 
the care that they're looking for. And I drop Andrew a line and say, Just anyway. send a text to Andrew. <laughs> he always says Come yes. We love to email me. Yeah. Uh, I've attended so many beautiful breech birds with him. You're so, where, you know, where he just trusts. And anyway, so it was so, uh, so beautiful to then just sit him down. And we had this whole interview planned, but I don't think we asked any questions <laughs> Great. because it was like he had the opportunity to just speak his mind. Mm. And he did from his heart and from his head and from everything he knows, but his heart is so in it and his heart understands the women and it, and it was oh. so beautiful to just let him have a space to speak his mind. I, I've seen him speak at the home birth conference, which I think he feels much more at home than uh, any other conferences he goes to. But it was just so magnificent uh, to know that it's possible yeah. for someone working in obstetrics to truly understand, to truly mm-hmm. understand how important a woman's experience is to get it, and he marvels. He says in the film, I just watch it and my mind is like, I like there's no way to describe it. You go, yes, it's that. You just keep standing back and marvelling because women are freaking amazing and hang on to that. Yeah, yeah. He's close to retirement and he still feels that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is the marvel and the wonder. Yeah, amazing. Mm. I love it. And now for a quick break. Contrary to popular culture, SheBirths believes that childbirth can be the best day of your life. It is designed perfectly to be empowering, enriching and bonding. An awesome rite of passage. Our childbirth education programs have helped thousands of families around the world since 2008, allowing families to not only feel empowered through education, but also connect with their innate birthing wisdom to create the best birth possible and begin their parenting journey with confidence. SheBirth's unique methodology was scrutinized in university trials and has been published in the British Medical Journal for improving birth outcomes for both mother and child. I'd like to invite you to begin preparing for birth today. Just go to SheBirths.com to discover our two-day weekend face-to-face courses or access the online courses from anywhere around the world. That's SheBirths.com. Create your beautiful birth with the world's only scientifically verified antenatal classes. I could speak a lot about Andrew, but let's not because I could ramble forever. This is a, a saint. Um, what's the essence of birth time? What's the message of birth time? And and how did you, how have you helped now expand that message? Let's sort of share a little bit around that. What in a nutshell? The premise of the film, the question we formed a question that we asked every single expert we interviewed. We asked them what would it take for women to emerge from their births physically well, and emotionally safe. So it's unpicking that old story of all that matters is a healthy baby. It's, it's so much more than that. It's putting the woman's not only physical uh, outcome but their mental, psychological, cultural, spiritual outcome at equal standing to the health of their baby, if not more. 
So what do we need to do to get to that? And so that means regardless of birthplace, regardless of the type of birth, what does it take for us to get women to come out the other side feeling well and feeling safe? That was what we asked every expert. Is what we ended every interview with. Yeah. Uh, And we knew, you know, we know that the studies state that continuity of midwifery care is what is best for women and for babies. The stats are all there about the outcomes. Yeah, and that's not just feel-good outcomes for people who are listening. This is like decades of randomised control trial researchers, comparative reviews, it's also uh, preventing stillborns. Like it's like it actually changes mortality and morbidity. What Preston Small says, she says standard care kills babies. It's so simple. The continuity of midwifery care, it just, the outcomes are vastly different. And so the answers, you know, were unsurprising on that front. We've got to work towards getting women, their own midwives, regardless of their risk factors. You know, because the thing is if you book into a birth centre, birth centres are generally low risk uh, and they are where the MGP programs are and some more progressive ones are bringing in an all-risk model, but often they are for women who want natural, normal, unmedicated births they get the midwives, but the women who have high risk factors who need to birth in delivery suite, who need to have cesareans, they don't get their own midwives. And it's like they need them more. I mean, no one needs them more, but it's like why? I think that's a really important point that we often don't think about. Firstly, so few women actually get into the birth centres. Like you literally have to think about peeing on a stick and make a phone call to book into them if it is available in your region. So, so many more women, um, you know, want them than are actually getting them. And you're right, everyone deserves to have that continuity because that provides safety and care and um, for mother and baby. You're right, absolutely. Something like eight, I could be wrong here, something like 8% of women in Australia get continuity. In total. I think Queensland's doing the best. They seem to have a different kind of payment provider thing. I don't know. Um, I want to talk to Liz from my midwives because she's doing a lot around that. But um, I think Queensland's a lot better than New South Wales and, yeah, it's tough. It is tough. It's really tough. And as you say, geographically that can dictate everything for you. If you don't have the continuity of program anywhere near you, if you don't have a home birth midwife, if you can't afford a home birth midwife, then you've got no options. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So then the film explores that um, from the the woman's perspective, from an expert's perspective, from a practitioner's perspective, um, from an Indigenous perspective. Like you really covered so much in it, but you didn't stop there, (laughs) (laughs) which is great because, um, yeah, it shouldn't stop there. It shouldn't just be about, okay, how much can we just like go to town on social media now to get this big and wide? You Mm -hmm. took it and you said on the back of it, let's ask everyone who sees the film to fill out a survey. So tell us more about that. 
Joe Hunter had this brilliant idea. We were getting closer and closer to the release of the film and there was a lot of excitement around the film. We could feel that. And we started to wonder what we needed to do off the back of it. That we, we knew we needed to do something to generate movement and change off the back of it. And Joe had the brilliant idea of working with Western Sydney University to create a study to sort of capture women's experiences, to capture the stories off the back and to create more evidence of what we're talking about. But evidence speaks. And, you know, on the big level, that's what speaks, on the high, yeah. on the high road. So yeah. we we <laughs> threw it to so Hazel and Hazel Keedle and Hannah Darlin jumped on it and, I mean, it, Hannah says it was probably the fastest study ever pushed through ethics. It was... It was we were under the time pump and I, I think we were still getting flyers printed on the afternoon of the release, but we got there and we handed out postcards to every single person who came through the door to all of the screenings that we did all around the country with a QR code that led them to the study. It was called the Birth Experience Study, in short, the best study, and it, it comprised of two parts. It had a lengthy questionnaire about someone's birth experience and then it had a second option of a woman sharing her birth experience in her own words, either written or, this was pretty beautiful, that they could voice record it. And so we we collected all of these stories. I think the study was open for nine months and we had over 8,800 uh, submissions to it, completed completed surveys, which made it the largest maternity study ever done in Australia and larger than many, many done in the US, the UK and Canada, which are obviously bigger populations. So it was a really quite incredible turnout. Amazing. Yeah. And it's this, I mean, I think this has helped to light the fire that yes. now is blazing yes. um, into how do we stop birth trauma mm-hmm. uh, and even just discussing what birth trauma, you know, wasn't even happening a couple of years ago publicly at That's all. Right. So the best study is now being quoted um, all across Australia and has led to a parliamentary inquiry and if you're listening to this, you better be fast because on the 11th of August is the deadline for uh, presenting a submission into the exploration and study of birth trauma and obstetric violence. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And they want all stories and they want stories from all people. So it can be from partners, from oh, doulas, from medical professionals. It is open to any any anything you witness. And, and I think the thing is... I think generally as women we have the propensity to air down our experience and to think I'm okay, to think my baby's healthy, I got out of it okay, or, um, you know, when you give birth you need to leave your dignity at the door anyway. You know, I think there's a lot of those stories going around and you just think and I think a lot of people think that's just what happens when you have a baby. I think we need to unpick that. Yeah. I think we really need to look at, I think I would encourage people to look back at their experiences and to really 
Tune into how they were made to feel. Did they feel respected? Did they have a choice? Were they given options? Were they talked to like they were a sound adult? Oh, that's right. And was there actual true informed consent being given? Did you give consent? Did did someone even explain to you that, you know, you don't have to do anything in the hospital? It's all just a recommendation. It's not like you need to come in and be induced tomorrow or, you know, we need to put these monitors on or, you know, it's time for a vaginal exam because I've got to do the paperwork to send that to so-and-so. Like, None of that has to happen. Actually, it's all up to you. But the system is not explaining that. They're just getting the paperwork done and pushing things along a lot of the time. As birth workers, we're so often privy to what we call the dead baby card where couples are told, oh, your baby might die if you don't do this. And it is a form of manipulation and it is not okay to be spoken to like that. No. So I think I think we need to help people be aware that their experience was maybe not okay and it's yeah. okay to not be okay with it. And it's okay if you know someone who had it way worse than you, that's not relevant. If you were made to feel disrespected, any of these things, I mean, the, the things that were listed in the study were people being made to feel dehumanised. Yes. Let me get and violated. Yeah. This is is how women are made to feel. And those things are not okay. This should be the most glorious day of your life, regardless of how it turned out. You should never be made to feel dehumanised or violated or powerless. This is not what this is about. So I think that's what we need to get out there is that we need a broad uh, array of submissions going into this inquiry because currently we don't have enough. We don't have enough for them to listen to us at this point. They're going to disregard. Really? Oh my God. I didn't yeah. even know, to be honest, that a doula could also put in. Oh, yeah. Wow. So this is the thing. I think we need to really broaden it out and let everyone know that anyone can submit and all experiences are welcome because this is going to go by the by if we don't jump on it and use this now. We might not have this opportunity. This is only New South Wales at this point in time. We hope that it happens in other states, but we need to get this one off the ground first. And so does anyone actually know, like, what happens in a parliamentary inquiry? Because <laughs> I don't. I, we don't. What I do know is that uh, I do know of a birth trauma counsellor um, who is very incredible in this space has been invited to speak to the panel regarding this as a form of education. So I'm, I was very encouraged to hear that that Amazing. is part of the process of getting someone from, you know, our team to go and yep. speak to their team and say this is yep. what you need to be aware of. Let's simplify this. This is what it's about. Beyond that, I don't know what happens. It's a very good question. Yeah, because what I'm imagining is like if there is this panel and these stories are presented and great, a birth trauma counsellor or an expert is explaining what that is and how that impacts someone's life and their bonding to their child and so on. Yeah. Um, is it also, I think off the back of this, there's the potential to change um terms, legal terms, to even have the term obstetric violence 
um, written into kind of legal ease, those sorts of things, so that there can be actions taken around that. So in other countries, obstetric violence is used as a term in legal cases and it hasn't been a valid term in Australia until now. It hasn't been recognised. So, and it and it can be a little bit misleading when you first hear it. It sounds like obstetric violence, obstetricians. It sounds like obstetric care. It refers to any caregiver in the pregnancy, birth or postpartum period. So it can uh-huh. be a nurse, a midwife, a doctor, an obstetrician, a GP. So any anyone providing care to a woman during that period, and it refers to, and violence doesn't have to be physical violence. It can be disrespectful, coercive care, any, anything that falls into that, you know, what, which make women feel dehumanised, violated, powerless, all of those things. So it is a broad term and uh, it is about to become um, much more recognised in this country now. I'm just, I'm so grateful that you've explained all of those things. I can't wait to share this podcast. I just think it's so important for all of us. I think it's so landmark. I feel like just like cracking open champagne, literally, (laughs) or having an espresso martini, you know, in the garden or something like that. Just so excited because this to me is the sign that consciousness is changing, is Yeah, an ascension is happening in the collective consciousness which values women and and birth is sacred. I think it's just so incredibly landmark. Yes. Well, and you saw a couple of weeks ago we had the birth trauma event here in Lennox Head in in the little northern rivers and 500 people turned up. Mm. People care and people are ready to explore this and to make a change. There was lots of... Quite incredible people in that room. Absolutely. And yeah. It was very encouraging to know. I mean, what broke my heart was that there was so many mothers and babies sitting, you know, on the side of the auditorium, all on the floor, these babies crawling around. And I thought, the reason you are all here is because you've obviously been exposed to this kind of treatment. Yeah. It's not okay, but good on you for being here and educating yourself and learning more and making a difference. Yeah, there were a lot of incredible uh, healthcare practitioners there. I mean, the fact that the head of obstetrics, Tane Luna, uh, organised the event. Yeah, there are people willing to generate change. So we need to jump on it, and it needs to come from every angle. Exactly. Yeah, bottom up, top down, middle across, and all voices required. All voices to create the choir. That's it the way like, I sort of see it at the moment. It's going to take all of us. Yeah. And I think one of the best ways that we do that is through storytelling and through beauty and speaking to our hearts. And I think that's what you've done so well with Birth Time. And yeah, huge congratulations to Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. And I, I hope that, you know, it's still being shared. Um, 15 years on, just like we've been sharing the business of being born for all these years. I mean, that film changed home birth rates in Manhattan, like dramatically. Yes. It was remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately it is still relevant today, but I think 
ascension, it's like the tech curve, you know, and it's like the climate data. It's sort of moving yeah. into an exponential kind of building upon itself at the moment. So I feel in 15 years' time it will be so beautiful to look back and go, isn't it wonderful that, you know, over 50% of women have their own midwife? You yes. Know? That would be amazing, I think, or maybe 80% of women have their own midwife. Let's and, go for it. Yeah, and I think I suppose one other thing to say is when you have your own midwife, there's still obstetricians there for emergencies if needed. You know, there's still surgeons that are there that might work with and do teamwork with midwives as well if uh, those in those small instances we require. That Let's help. all work together. That's what it exactly. That's what, we t- that's what it takes to get women out physically well and emotionally safe. It takes all of us. Yeah. God. People often ask me about a doula's role in the room when you've got a midwife there, and I'm like, we are all we've all got our own things to do, and if we all just work together and respect each other's places, but we all hold the vision that we are all there to get this this mother and baby out the other side physically well and emotionally safe, then we all do our jobs. Yeah. All working t- towards that. It's not a territorial situation. No. It doesn't have to be. We can work in harmony and communicate clearly. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's true. It's, it's true. not rocket science. No, it's <laughs> not. Birth ain't rocket science and teamwork ain't rocket Ugh. science. But it's time for some egos to dissolve and yes. hearts to open and shared vision. And I think a vision of what is possible when women really do get that love and care. Like, man, it's it's awesome when someone comes out the other side feeling like a rock star, you know. It's just no matter what's unfolded, she feels like she just, did that and it was amazing it was beautiful it was loving connected and respectful and it was made sacred like when people feel that they feel sacred in themselves and they hold that sacredness in their relationship with their new family and that's if we're all working to that like you say it all just unfolds that's how we go into parenthood Women feeling like that, partners feeling like that, that's how they then go on to parent these babies and that's the next generation. Yeah. It's not just that day. This is affecting generations to come. Yeah. Rewriting the stories that have come before us. We carry that in ourselves. We carry those stories of our mothers and our grandmothers, but we can rewrite it. Exactly. Birth is such a wonderful opportunity to heal and rewrite. Absolutely. And parenting in general. It's such a beautiful journey, which is kind of where we started. (laughs) Kind of where we started. So we've come full circle, Miss Jerusha. Is there anything else you would love to say um, to the families out there that are listening and birth workers as well? Oh, educate yourselves deeply. Empower yourselves with amazing courses like yours. You know, I'm forever telling people that I, I mean, I had sat in in your course when I pre, for those who don't know, I'd been a doula for 10 years before I had my own babies and I had assisted you on your course and I knew the content of it. But when I was then pregnant with my first baby, I came along with my partner and he came out of that and he said, 
I feel like this has just gone from being your birth to being our birth in in the sense that he then felt deeply educated on his role in that space. And the context of that is that I had five women coming to my birth. So he knew that I was going to be well looked after and maybe he thought he would be uh, sitting in the corner watching over things, but he then suddenly felt like he had his own empowerment to be the role that he needed to be in that space and he did that magnificently. So, you know, that's step one is educating yourself deeply. It's going with the flow doesn't really work anymore. No, it doesn't. I think our mothers, maybe our grandmothers, they could go with the flow because the options were very limited and the intervention rates were very low and things were only done if they were absolutely needed. But this big beast that we are up against now we need to stand firm and we need to educate ourselves. And so women, partners, birth workers need to really look after themselves and yeah. find ways to speak up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I remember Andy sitting there giving you like massages and then getting the orgasmatron out. And I was like, oh my God, he's a multitasker. He's so good. <laughs> he was like orgasmatroning while he was massaging your back. I'm like, boom. You're going to be a great daddy doula. <laughs> I need to get me some more of that. That hasn't happened for a while, the old I don't know. massage. Don't get, get pregnant to come back to Sheba. Right? Yeah. <laughs> thinking I'm quite, oh, the babies, the babies, they distract us. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing your story and thank you so much for your devotion and your hard work in creating such an epic and mind-changing, world-changing film and instigating this huge survey which has now lit the fire for prevention and stopping and ending birth trauma. So thank you, my love. Thank you, my love. It's, it's a, it feels like it's a really special time and I will forever devote my life to birth. I've had a little hiatus having a small person but I'm ready to come, especially with all these conversations going on, I'm ready to come back out and step into the birth space again. It's, it's, it, I can never be away from it for too long. So yeah, it's, it's a special time and I really feel that change is brewing. Yeah. So it's, it's nice actually where we are to pause and, and really receive that and feel that in our bones. Often I think there's a bone feeling that then moves, ripples out into action, but yeah, savor it. Drink it down. Beautiful. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. I'm Nadine Richardson and you've been listening to The She Births Show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share with a friend and leave us a review. We'd love to know what you would like to hear more of. You can find me and my team of amazing doulas and educators at shebirths.com and our awesome community on Instagram and Facebook. Within any good app store, you can download our free pregnancy guide via She Births, two separate words and plural, as well as access our range of online courses. Remember, when it comes to having a better birth, an easier transition into parenthood, your education is your empowerment. Don't forget to check out the catalogue of previous podcasts and thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show.